0: Hello there! This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey everybody, it's Julie on Crunchy Christian Podcast where we th- talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. We are still in our women's health series which is sponsored by the Milkweed School from Julie Julie Naturally. Uh you can find some awesome classes there on essential oils, gardening, and the new botany course for high school students and interested adults. So you can find all of those courses at milkweedschool.julienaturally.com. So now, we're going to start with our program. So today, we're going to talk about hot flashes, and this topic is near and dear to my heart now because I am, you know, looking at that time period of life um, in my 40s, and uh, it it's become really real <laughs> for me, uh, and anybody listening who uh, is in their mid to late 40s especially, this is going to be a topic you're really going to want to know about even if you're not really experiencing too many hot flashes just yet. But um, it is something that becomes more and more top of mind as uh, the time of menopause nears. And that is usually right around age 50. The average age of menopause is 52. So obviously, since it's an average, that means that some women will experience it earlier than that and some later, but it's generally around that time. But premenopause or perimenopause, as it's sometimes called as well, begins far before that. It actually starts, it could start as early as your late 30s. So even while you're still maybe having kids, you may find that um, it becomes a little bit more difficult perhaps um, to get pregnant and or um, to sustain a pregnancy. Um, I uh, just personally, um, I did have a couple of miscarriages at that around that time in my uh, later thirties. So um, this is something to pay attention to that uh, the hormone level levels start to k- kind of diminish even as early as that. So. Um, Many times we are we go to the doctor and we're interested in hormone replacement therapy if, um, if we're experiencing hot flashes and other uncomfortable symptoms. Uh, that does carry some significant side effects, including an increased risk for breast cancer. So we want to talk a little bit about uh, some other things that you could try uh, that people have found to provide relief as an alternative or maybe as a first line before you uh, hurry off to try to get those things. Um, And also ways to maybe keep some of the hot flashes at bay. So first of all, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in your body. So you know that it's all related to the dance between... Uh, estrogen and progesterone and decreasing hormones in the female body. Um, And of course, the cycles that become more irregular and can start to become really different than what they had been for years and years. So let's talk a little bit about progesterone first. So progesterone uh, is made by the uh, remains of the burst follicle that grew and produced the egg. So the egg grows inside the of fo- follicle inside the ovary, and then when it's mature, it is released, and it's kind of like a little bit like an explosion. It's it's kind of, it's it's a pretty dramatic out of the follicle. And then it's released. And the remaining follicle is called a corpus luteum. And the corpus luteum, it produces progesterone. So it's produced by that. And the progesterone levels, it stimulates the uterus to thicken to support an embryo. So everything, of course, centers around the possibility of pregnancy, That's the purpose of the progesterone is to prepare the uterus for pregnancy. Um, So it causes the thickening. And then if there is no embryo, if there's no pregnancy, then the corpus luteum naturally breaks down after about 13 or 14 days. And that part of the cycle is pretty constant from woman to woman and um, pretty constant Uh, from cycle to cycle. That is the natural life cycle of the corpus luteum. What causes cycles to vary in length is the first half of the cycle, the time between the last menstrual period starting and the time that ovulation occurs. That can vary and that's what causes their regularity if you have irregular periods. So once that 13 to 14 days goes by the because of the breakdown of the corpus luteum the progesterone levels of course dip again and um sometimes can bring on PMS symptoms which we talked about uh, a couple of uh, episodes ago and you can check that out I encourage you to so please check that out and then, you know, the whole cycle starts all over again. So that's you know that's what happens with progesterone. Now, as I talk about um, estrogen, we'll learn a little bit about the interplay between the two and what happens when you have when you're going towards menopause and how the hormones start to decrease. Of course, if there is, if you are pregnant, then the progesterone helps to sustain the pregnancy. It's first, the role of progesterone is taken over by the placenta and it's sustained through the pregnancy. Um, And that's what causes you to have the feel good feelings and stuff like that through pregnancy and that baby glow and have feelings of contentment and being really uh, happy to be pregnant usually uh, in the Second and third trimester, in perimenopause, your ovaries are not stimulated as much to release an egg every month, and that means that some months you don't pro- you don't release an egg, uh, no egg, no progesterone, and you know your adrenal glands do produce a small amount of progesterone, but it's not enough to to do anything really to prepare the uterus or anything like that, so. That's what happens, and that, that's what happens that can cause some of those irregularities and some heavy bleeding, some no bleeding, some irritability, things like that. But the main player in uh, perimenopause is estrogen. And you have decreasing estrogen levels because of what's going on in your ovaries. So let's get on with estrogen. So at the beginning of the menstrual cycle, both estrogen and progesterone levels are low. And because they're low, the pituitary gland in your brain, yes, your brain is what is really running the show, of course. uh, The pituitary gland in the brain stimulates the release of follicle-stimulating hormone. And that is what uh, causes the ovaries to produce estrogen, and it's the estrogen that helps to mature the eggs. Now, as you get older, you have fewer eggs, and you the quality of those follicles um, that have the eggs is, of course, diminished because little girls, um, they're born with all the eggs that they're ever going to get. So, you know, when you're 45 years old, those eggs are 45 years old. You know, they they're not they're not as as they're not in as good a shape as when you were 25 years old. And um and it's more it becomes more and more challenging to produce estrogen because you don't have as many follicles, as many eggs. And so you, you know trying to stimulate this production of maturing the eggs and not really happening uh, and sometimes the pituitary gland will sort of go into overdrive a little bit and like produce more and more follicle stimulating hormone to try and kick those kick those ovaries into gear down there to produce some estrogen and of course you know that there's there's nothing there to really do that so they that's why you get, erratic hormone levels of both progesterone and estrogen it's because you're just you're running out of eggs you're aging and um, and it, it's time to shut everything down uh, if you've talked to any gynecologist or obstetrician they will say you know it, it becomes pretty risky to have kids to be pregnant at older ages because the body is just it's it's aging and it it's harder to carry a baby to term. Um you're just not uh as fit and strong and the body can't take the demands of pregnancy as well. Not to say that you can't have babies at that age, but it it becomes much more challenging and risky. So, um it's just a, a part of uh aging. And so things are winding down and as they're winding down, you sometimes you can have the hot flashes and the hot flashes are definitely as a result of diminishing hormones but doctors and you know researchers aren't really sure what about that causes the hot flashes because not every woman experiences hot flashes and some cultures Experience hot flashes and some don't. It's very interesting. I mean, all women go through menopause at some point during their later 40s and early 50s. So that will happen for every woman, but all the different cultures around the world experience it differently. In fact, women in Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula they report they don't they don't get hot flashes at all i you know i'd love to know their secret right <laughs> and we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit but in addition the the japanese the korean indian and southeast asian women they they don't really get too much of the symptoms like that either and so that leads us to kind of think a little bit about so okay so it's not inevitable that all women will have this um, even in small amounts so what is it about these women that they don't experience these things as much so it causes us to think well maybe it's a cultural thing maybe it's some diet and lifestyle factors I mean they find that um Women who smoke have low levels, lower levels of estrogen and therefore have higher, they have more issues with um, this time of life. So, you know, let we're going to start to explore some of those natural things. So one of the things that they have found is that women who have, that are in these cultures, of course, they tend to have a little bit more of a vegetarian type lifestyle. What that means is that it's not that they don't eat any meat at all, because people in these cultures do eat meat. Uh, It's that they have a high amount of vegetables, particularly vegetables and dry beans that have more phytoestrogens in them. So that means soybeans. So you have Asian cultures that eat tempeh and tofu, And we're not talking like big blacks like we sometimes eat here, (laughs) you know, tofu pups and stuff like that. That's not what they eat. They have small amounts in their soups and in their stir fries and things like that. And those small amounts are enough. Plus you have vegetables um, that have phytoestrogens in them as well. And that tends to be like cruciferous vegetables and uh, some of the leafy greens and things like that. And they eat those in great quantity. So, eating a healthier diet full of fresh greens and uh, that's high in vegetables, particularly the greens and um, cruciferous vegetables, those can really help to minimize symptoms. And the dried beans, especially the soy, as I mentioned, have phytoestrogens. And what are phytoestrogens? Those are plant compounds that. Pretty much mimic our estrogens, but they don't necessarily have an additive effect. They can have sort of a moderating effect instead. So they do add estrogens, but it uh, it's it's not sort of a forced estrogen like drug therapies have. So they work with your body to provide just what you need because you know we we and plants are made from the same materials. God formed us from the earth. We are made from the same materials as plants. And that's why the things that are in plants fit so well with our bodies. It's, it's really, it's amazing and, and wonderful. And um, I just love that. So other things, other reasons too, why it's good to eat a high vegetable diet is that It has a cooling effect in the body when you um, are, when you're having these hot flashes and hot things going on with that. So it helps to kind of cool you down and they're high in vitamins, vitamins and antioxidants that can help your body process all of that. So you have um, omega-3s and you have vitamin B complex and vitamin B complex does tend to be more in lean meats and in healthy probiotics that also produce B vitamins in your gut and vitamin E And vitamin E is a fat-soluble vitamin, so um, you're going to need to have that with some healthy oils. So you have your omega-3s and your vitamin E together, uh, often in supplements that, that come with vitamin A as well. So those, all of those things can go a long way to help prevent the imbalances that can occur. And as usual, the usual kinds of advice, eating less sugar, less processed foods, less fried foods, and eating more of the whole foods is uh, really the best way to go in terms of laying a great foundation. Because the herbs and essential oils that I'm going to talk about won't be as effective if your diet is not supporting it because all of those things work together synergistically uh, you can't you can't really do the herbs which are just another fancy kind of food really um, you can't really just do that without addressing the diet too. So they all work well together so, Then the next thing is essential oils. So, there are a few essential oils that have been shown to be effective in helping women with hormonal issues such as hot flashes. And the most commonly used ones are Clary Sage, Geranium, Sage, and Vitex Essential Oil. Now, Vitex uh, Essential Oil and the Vitex, the herb, are both used so you can take the Vitex herb and get small amounts of the oil too and you can you know have some of the oil now as you have to use these wisely and have um, they're not uh, necessarily ingested as much as it is burning them in the air and rubbing them on your skin in a in a carrier oil having them rubbing them on your skin in a carrier oil is the best way, especially for clary sage and geranium. So you're going to use them in that way and uh, put them on the back of your neck, you know, rub them on uh, pressure points where you have a good reception that they will get into your body easily. Herbs that can provide some natural relief because they also have phytoestrogens and other chemicals that act on the female organs and on the pituitary glands to help produce, help encourage the production of uh, the, the hormones that you need and also to help with the balancing of the hormones and uh, to fill in the gap a little bit as well. So those are, as I mentioned, Vitex herb. That is it just a such a great overall herb for Female issues in general, primarily ones that involve um hormones. So f- um hot flashes, PMS, cramping, things like that. Uh Vitex is has been shown to be effective for those things. Uh licorice is another one because it has uh hormone like activity. But I will caution that licorice does interact with some drugs. And it can it can have uh, negative side effects over time. So that's one that you will want to be careful with. And again, with any of these, if you are on any sort of medications, you need to be talking to your doctor about these uh, herbs especially and uh, let them know that you're going to try these for your hormonal things. Black cohosh has long been used for feminine issues. It does have a menagogue effect, which means that if you are pregnant or if you have heavy bleeding issues, it can uh, bring on menses. So you have to be a little bit cautious with that one, but um, it is commonly used for uh, hormonal things uh, and balancing things out with your hot flashes menstrual issues in general. And the last one is dong quai. And dong quai is a tonic that is, it's a tonic that women use for, um, for female issues, but also during this time for energy, because with the loss of estrogen, uh, estrogen has so much, so many activities on the body that as those levels diminish you can feel tired and have trouble sleeping and you can have some memory issues and things like that and uh, the donkwai has been shown to be very helpful with that. So take those and uh, think about that and do your due diligence and check with your Uh, doctor about that before you pursue any additional helps and see do not do not do these in addition to hormone replacement therapy you cannot do them together okay so you have to kind of decide what you're going to do first and and choose wisely okay so if you want to know more about some natural remedies for women check the show notes I do have an email series. It's completely free where you can learn about um, additional herbs for health. So one each day for about 10 days and uh, those will be delivered directly to your email box. So just click on the link in the show notes. So that's what I have for you today. Be wise and be healthy and I pray the Lord's blessing on you as you um, go forward with this Please connect with me on Facebook, that's at Julie Naturally, or on Instagram, julie.naturally. And don't forget to check out Milkweed School. So that is milkweedschool.julienaturally.com and see if any of the courses there interest you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless.